Welcome in everybody back with another episode of Dom That's True. Of course, I and Truman Steen found at twitch.tv slash Steam Machine, twitter.com slash Steam Machine. Uh, I'm joined by my very handsome co-host. He's just so hot. Owen, Domination 7, Dom. Owen, how are you doing? I mean, I don't mean to brag, Truman, but no, I'm just joking, man. <laughs> Welcome in, dude. I'm uh, excited to be here like always. Of course, and that's also Twitch and Twitter, Domination7. Uh, welcome everybody in to the Donna's True Podcast, where, you know, we're, we talk sports, we talk Chiefs, we talk a lot of things. Uh, before we get going here, and this is a big episode, but before we get going oh, here, Owen, uh, somebody in the chat has, has to know, what's in the filing cabinet? What's in the filing cabinet? Behind you. You want to know the truth? You want to know the truth? There is no... No, I'm just joking. I don't know. It's uh, just beans. This one right here? Probably, yeah. 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 Um, oh. So we got like shipping stuff for Amazon. Nice. This is we great got, for like, the Spotify listeners. A for bunch sure. of old, uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of, yeah, yeah. By the way, speaking of Amazon, did you know that if you link your Amazon Prime account to Twitch with Prime Gaming, yes, yes, you can yes. subscribe to your favorite content creator for free? Yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Um, yep so yep. there's that one, that one. And this one, uh, there's more Amazon stuff. Sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. There's some papers, uh, Owen goes through his parents' work stuff live on Dom. That's true. Very uh, exciting stuff to start off. That top one doesn't open, so I've tried to get that one open because I think it's probably more. It's probably locked. Slips. It's probably locked. Probably. Probably But yeah, I don't know. Nothing interesting. That's what's in the filing cabinet. Wow, what a great way to start off the super episode of Dom. That's true. That's right, folks. This is the week of Super Bowl. 55, the Chiefs are playing in their second straight Super Bowl. And this is going to be mostly a Chiefs podcast today. Sorry, guys. Shocking. I know everybody always tunes in for that 10 minutes of, of other NFL segment that we do. But, yeah, this is going to be a Chiefs podcast. And, full disclaimer, as we've mentioned before, if the Chiefs lose on Sunday, next Tuesday, we won't even mention that there is a game. It'll just be hard pocky. Like, we never even like we never even thought about, sport, uh, about football. Yep. But, for now... Uh, we've, we did this, we did this concept earlier in the season. We did a, uh, it was just called the takes. It was like the mid season takes special or something along those lines. Yeah. uh, yeah. We did a, we did a little special where we asked you the viewers and we said, Hey, send it, send us your takes, send us your hot takes about whether, and for this one, we said it could be about the chiefs. It could be about the bucks. It could be about the NFL in general. It could be about free agency. It could be about the Super Bowl, and you know, everything in between. And so, yep. we gathered, I think we counted this out, I think it's 21 takes from everybody, uh, mm-hmm. from Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat, so this is why you gotta follow the Twitters, guys, because twitter.com slash steammachine, twitter.com slash domination7, that's why you gotta follow them, because you get to get all this nice content like this. So, we gathered them all. And we're gonna talk. We're gonna break down every single one on the show today. Every single one of them. It's gonna be a hell of an episode. After that, we're gonna give our Super Bowl predictions for the upcoming, and then our top five of the week is Super Bowls after the year two thousand. So something you don't want to mention. Yeah. So something you don't want to miss out on. But let's get into the takes because boy, there is a lot of them, and yes, we'll, we're gonna try not to make this podcast three hours, but it might be two. All right. So let's get into the first one. This came from one of your buddies, right, Owen? 
Kyle? Yeah, this is one of my buddies, this Kyle. Kyle? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I went to high school with Kyle, and he's actually an Iowa State alumnus. Oh, lame. Um, lame. So, I mean, it's, it's super funny because he grew up a K-State fan and ended up going to Iowa State. It's just, you know, mm. not what generally happens. But, I mean, very uh, sports-smart kid, uh, and he – comes in with the take that Eric Bieniemy isn't a head coach yet because the Chiefs are grooming him to be Andy Reid's replacement. And I I don't think this is a, honestly a terrible take, mm-hmm. but I also don't think that's like the full answer why Eric Bieniemy isn't a head coach yet. Well, the um, real the real but, answer is racism, right? <laughs> right. And I mean, kind of. <laughs> and just straight stupidity. I yeah. don't Right. We're hiring position position coaches Can't over have one Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. People like to say, oh, it's because when he was 19 years old, he had some run-ins with the law. The man's 50 years old now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You'd, I think he's changed maybe a little bit. There's a rumor going around that maybe he's a terrible interviewer, but man, if that, you saw... if I mean, oh the, the Eagles head coach, his first interview or his first press conference was awful. I don't the, think it was that bad. I think that Philly the, fans took that one out of context i i, didn't, I saw it? that press conference yeah I didn't it, think was it was awful that terrible. it was a terrible press conference well he had like a stutter he had like a stutter uh, are we gonna crucify a head coach it wasn't about stutter? the stutters just the words he said it was very I don't, I don't think the words were that bad but anyway but it's 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 very i think it's kind of clear it's you know somewhat of a race issue and right. it's also somewhat of an idiot owner's issue um mostly we've seen, we've well, seen all these well, dumpster mostly, franchises but. continue to make dumpster hires sure and Believe it or not, dumpster franchises made more dumpster hires this year. Yeah, they, so it's really not that surprising. The team um, that fired but, a Super Bowl head head co- winning head coach that had been to the playoffs in three of his five years. Yeah, they fired him to Hutter to hire that guy instead of you know Eric right. Bieniemy yeah, or, so yeah, these these dumpster organizations just continue to prove that they can't make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it was brought to my attention that you know, and I was thinking of is. Uh, in a, comes into this take specifically about Eric Bieniemy being a head coach um, is that you know maybe Eric Bieniemy could be involved in the reason that he's not a head coach because maybe he's not taking some of these positions because they're not perfect and if you're right. on a back-to-back Super Bowl team maybe should have been three times back-to-back you're definitely in a position to you know command I want this kind of team control right. uh, I want I'm going to be bringing in these head coach these assistant coaches Right. And I want this kind of roster control. And do I think Eric Bieniemy is doing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you're on a Super Bowl, if you're on the Super Bowl champion team, you, you he, can make amends he, like that because what happened what's the worst that could happen? If they say no, oh, oh well, back to the Super Bowl winning team. Right. He's he's earned the right to be picky about that kind of stuff. Why would you force yourself into a bad situation stay, instead of staying where You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've been to two straight Super Bowls. You know, if you keep the core intact, you know, there's no reason you can't go to a third or a fourth or a fifth or so, you know, there's... Right, not one, not two, not three, not... <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, but honestly, so if you're Eric Bieniemy, if that's the reason, but that's not what anybody's indicating. Nobody's ever indicated that. Eric Bieniemy says yeah, but... that he's ready to be head coach. He's not, you know, he isn't saying, I'm waiting for that right situation. He's like, you know, I'm waiting on... Well, I mean, but I think you can also take that with a grain of salt, that he's going to say, oh, I'm ready to be a head coach, and that... You know, maybe, you know, negotiations fell out because he's, like, of those things. I don't think that Eric Bieniemy is ever going to tell us, you know, how right. his interviews went or what was said because he's too professional. Right, not tell it's all over. Right, and but and I also think if you ever listen to any radio interview ever, I still don't understand that 
even if you're trying to say he doesn't interview well, I, I just don't believe that. There's no way that's real. I can't believe that the guy is talking about eating kneecaps or barely able to form actual plans during the press conference or right. interviewing I mean, better than Eric Bieniemy. Oh, just remember that dude, Truman, talking about eating kneecaps? He's going to have Jared Goff as his quarterback next year. <laughs> right. Well, and it's and it's not and it's not an experience thing because the guys that the heck that the Texans just hired is like a 65-year-old guy, never been a coordinator, was the wide receivers coach for the Chiefs in do you know what year? Do you did you hear this stat? No, it's like 2008 or something, right? Right. Do you remember No, no, it was like 2012 or 2013. But do you remember why the Chiefs wide receivers were famous that year? Cuz they were the worst unit in the league. Yes. Do you remember what? But do you remember specifically what they did? No. What they do? They never caught a touchdown all season. That was the year that they threw no touchdowns to the wide receivers. Well, he was also most recently the uh, wide receivers uh, position coach of the worst, the worst wide receiver unit in the league on the Ravens. No, he's so. the, he, no, he was the passing coordinator, of the worst passing offense in the oh, league. Oh God. Yeah. That's that's what he was doing for the Ravens. So, I mean, but I mean, but he's but an assistant he, head coach, so. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's true, but. Uh, the man who got hired uh, for the Houston job, he's a black guy, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Right, which, which, yeah. which just Which just further proves my point that dumpster teams make dumpster hires. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of – I don't think it will ever come down to just pure racism, but I think that, you know, I think we're all silly to say that it doesn't play in at this point. Oh, yeah. All... If you think it doesn't play in, I, I think you're misguided. Right, I think we all – I'd also it's... like to contend – that I think it's more about dumpster teams makes dumpster hires than it is about race, but I do think that race definitely is a factor. Right, and I think it's also Eric Bainemy does have the he is in the position to make. You know, I I I, th- I think there's a lot of factors going into this, but to be the next, I guess at the base of this take though, it's about being the replacement to Andy Reid. I do not think there is an end in sight for Andy Reid. If that makes sense, I don't think they're eyeing Andy Reid's departure at any time soon. So I don't think uh-huh. Eric Bieniemy's thinking, well, Andy Reid's going to be out in three to four years. I don't think he is. I mean, he's young. But Pete Carroll's the oldest head coach in the league, and I think he's four or five years older than uh, Andy Reid. And obviously Andy Reid yeah. isn't in as good of shape. Uh, Pete, Pete Carroll's 69. Nice. Um, Andy Reid is 62. So yeah. I think I mean, Andy Reid could coach till 70 for sure. And I, and I think... But- I, and I think he's he's got a contract until he's done. Right. Andy Reid and, will but, not coach for another NFL team ever again. Right. And I do think that, though, that the Chiefs have been like, hey, hey, Eric, we know you want to be a head coach. Uh, we know you're ready to be a head coach. But we can basically guarantee you the head coach spot here once Andy Reid retires like, in the next millennia. So if you don't find a perfect spot, you're always welcome to be the offensive coordinator. Well, that's always the argument with like Josh McDaniels. Why they say Josh McDaniels always comes back? Is right. Josh... Well, it, I think it's similar. I think it's I think it's very similar. You know, you're you're a coordinator under Bill Belichick. You're one of the highest co- paid coordinators in the league. You know, you're on a perennial winner. If the job's not perfect, don't take it. Right, but they always think Josh McDaniels is going to come back and be the next head coach of the of the Patriots. I will say that. I think the Chiefs head coach hire will come from within the, the – the next head coach will come from within the organization. But I yeah. will also say that that guy probably isn't even in the organization yet. That's how that's how far out I think this Andy Reid Oh, yeah, because Chiefs uh, quarterbacks coach and receiver coaches and right. defensive line coaches all get bigger jobs somewhere else. Well, and at the end of the day, if the Chiefs have three bad years back-to-back-to-back on offense – 
or defense, those coordinators are gone. That's the thing is right. a coordinator's job is is a lot different. A, a two-time Super Bowl head winning head coach has different job security than a two-time Super Bowl head winning offensive coordinator. Yep, that's true. So if we have three year, three or four bad offensive seasons and we don't, you know, we don't make it to the Super Bowl, and it's the offense's fault, Eric Bieniemy will be out of the organization. Yeah, so. true. Yeah, just so just like to sum it up, I don't, I don't think that this is a terrible take, mm-hmm. but I don't think this is the reason why Eric Bieniemy still right. Right. Sorry, and somebody did mention that the Kansas City barbecue might might kill Andy Reid a little faster, and I was I was <laughs> I was trying to ignore that comment because it's just so sad. I want to think about it, but. I guess that's true. At the end of the day, Pete Carroll is in different shape than Andy Reid, if we have to be honest. You know, again, nothing against Andy Reid's shape he's in. I'm in about the same shape as Andy Reid, it feels like <laughs> at times. But, you know, but we we'd be silly to ignore the fact that, you know, sometimes things like factors like that play into how long people live or want to keep working and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Pete Carroll's in you know, Pete Carroll runs up and down the sidelines and stuff and it's different. It's different for sure. For sure. Uh, but let's move on to our next take. This one is from your buddy Josh R. Yep. We actually yeah, have two best. Josh R's, but I'll say the one the Josh R later in the show was one of my teachers in high school. So different. Sure. We'll call him Mister yeah. R at that point. But so yeah, this is this is my buddy Josh R, and he says Pringle could jump to wide receiver three next year instead of being number five, and I I view this as a certified good take. I yeah. think it's definitely possible. Um, I think it would be it's gonna be it's possible, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it would be tough for him to overtake Hardman. Mm-hmm. But I think this tweet um, and this tweet and the next take are intertwined. And I think we could just go to the next one, Truman, real quick. Right, right, right. It's right. kind of the second part. So right. yeah, I think this is a good take. I think this can happen. Mm-hmm. And the next tweet is that it goes Tyreek Hardman and Pringle, and then Sammy goes somewhere else. I think this also assumes that Demarcus Robinson goes somewhere else. Um, so, right. And I think that no matter, you know, the Chiefs would be confident in a Ty- Tyreek Hardman Pringle wide receiver core. And then, you know, adding whoever, you know, I, don't, I guess Dieter or Marcus Kemp, I guess, for four and five. Marcus but Kemp. As long- if Marcus Kemp hasn't busted through to being an actual offensive threat in his seven years on the Chiefs, it feels like. I, but I'm not. I'm not totally sure how long Marcus Kemp has been on the Chiefs. But right. if he hasn't broken into being an actual offensive threat in those years, he's not. He's not doing it next year. All of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. And this second take, I think, is also good. I think it's definitely possible that Sammy goes somewhere else. But judging from what I heard today and the media availability with Sammy, it sounds like he would be willing to take like a one-year, like two or three million dollar deal uh, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year and Sorry. stay on the team. Marcus Kemp has played for the Chiefs for only four years. Sorry, I just I just double checked it, but I mean that's still really long to be on the practice squad. Yeah, and Sammy Watkins did mention in his media availability today that he would be willing to come back next year for the possibility of a third ring. <laughs> and I love this 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 damn Chiefs team. What is it? They asked Frank Clark like kind of the same question. They're like, "What's the plan for next year?" He's like, "Go get another ring." <laughs> He's like, "What do you yeah. want?" And I mean, you know, people are asking dumb questions like that, but it's just, it's so funny yeah. that they're just like, ring number three. That's why I'd come back. Why would you come back? Yeah, so I think it's a yeah, so. certified good take, Truman. You go with that? I, I like those. I, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Pringle because every now and again, this happens to me where I fall in love with a random player on one of my favorite teams and you're just like, yeah, he's, he should be in the next step. I see him every day. I love him. And, you know, it's like, but at the same right. time, there's a reason that he's not playing over McCall Hardman right now or Demarcus Robinson, you know. And while we think he's great every time he touches the ball, and we know 
He's one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. We are also K-State grads who saw Pringle and love Pringle anyways. Sure, of course, of course. And we're also more keen to looking at that stuff. But he doesn't drop a lot of balls, and he fights for a lot of yards. And so we feel like he deserves that spot. But at the same time, it's a lot like how I feel about medical stuff. Is every time I hear somebody talk about medical stuff and they're like, well, I think, blah, 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 about blah, 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 right. you know, not to get into it. But uh, it's like, you know what, as as a man of science myself, as, as an engineering as an engineering graduate and things like that, I've decided just to trust science and the people that are experts <laughs> on science. And right, yeah. so but and so some point is, well, I trust the Super Bowl head winning coaches and coordinators that are running this team that there's a reason that Pringle isn't the isn't the number three right now. And it could be a year, an age thing. And, you know, obviously, obviously, uh, DeMarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins have had more time in the offense and things like that. And as we get into, and Andy Reid also hates young wide receivers. It's why you didn't see Tyre, uh, Bacole Hardman accepting gadget roles last year. And now you're still seeing him barely increase and he gets to the doghouse a lot. Uh, it's Andy Reid is offense is notoriously bad for young players and rookies. So, Maybe Pringle makes that next step and he come, becomes the next Demarcus Robinson. Actually, and it instead, sure. doesn't drop the ball all the time and stuff like that. I still think that no matter what, though, he's back. Uh, his contract wouldn't. His contract suggests that he's staying. Yeah, he's he, a, he's an, he's a restricted free agent after the season. Pringle, not Sammy. Yes, Pringle is. Yes, and and I I would I think that would suggest. I mean, the main reason I think he's staying, honestly, is because he's a Dave Tobe guy, and Dave Tobe has shown that he gets to choose like two people on the roster <clears throat> and his favorite two people on special teams are Marcus Kemp and Byron Pringle. Well, Dorian, o Dorian O'Daniel's a good one. Too. Oh, and Dorian O'Daniel. But, uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's why I think he's back next year. Not because I think he's probably going to take that next step. I hope he does. I'm mm -hmm. cheering for him. I think he deserves to give that opportunity, but I right. think Dave Tobe puts his foot down and says special teams guy. And if you see Sammy Watkins back on this team next year, it'll be on a much more team friendly deal. You'll see him a be lot. taking a lot closer to the veteran minimum and stuff like that. Uh, you know, not quite the veteran veteran minimum. He's still a good wide receiver, but the, at the end of the day, he gets hurt a lot and right. it would be on a much less frustrating contract than, than what we see when we, you know, that we're paying Sammy that the past two years, we were paying Sammy Watkins, 18 million, 16 million, 14 million, somewhere in there. And then, yeah. luckily, they restructured it this year to have everything work out. But, you know, they were paying Sammy Watkins all that money the last two years, and he was hurt so much and, you know, restructured right. his deal to still make, you know, probably 8 to $10 million this year and still was hurt a lot of the year. So it would be on a much less frustrating contract and with probably a lot more outs where you could cut him at the end of seasons if it was a multi-year deal or maybe just a one-year deal. So right. if I do think Sammy Watkins probably won't play for this team next year. I'm not scared of it because we have Byron Pringle, but at the same time, if Sammy Watkins is back, it'll be on a much less frustrating contract because he's yep. not a star wide receiver anymore, and we all know that at this point. Uh, moving on, this one is from your another of Owen's followers. I think it's all Owen, and then it's all me at the end. And so, sure. not yeah, that so it really I'll, matters, I'll, I'll, but this one's from Harrison. Yeah, it's my homie Harrison, actually my next door neighbor. Uh, also oh. went to high school with him. Funny enough. Um, so he says, Chris Jones takes too many plays off for what we're paying him. Man goes hard every force. And, you know, I think that might seem that way on the, on the field, but I actually disagree with this take. I think Chris Jones is constantly doubled, but I, I do kind of agree at the same time, though. I do think we do see Chris Jones seem to take some plays off, but I also think that might be due to the defensive scheme. I think they might be playing kind of a 
more of a spy on the line where they mm -hmm. literally don't want him to get too much pressure because they're spying a mobile quarterback like, you know, Josh Allen, where, you know, we see him not getting too much penetration and him, you know, going for more of a contain. Right. But I do think that Chris Jones has the star power that if he wants to, he could take some plays off. And I think we do see that sometimes, actually. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, we pay Chris Jones, Aaron Donald type money. He's right. we don't pay him quite as much as Aaron Donald, but we pay him pretty dang close. We pay him Frank Clark money. And but the issue with defensive tackle, and and this is something that was brought up when we had Dontari Poe, is that it's hard to see those guys making the difference every single play. You only get to see them when they make those big flash plays. When Chris Jones gets a sack, you're like, wow, that's incredible. And but for every time Chris Jones doesn't make a sack. Half of those times he's free, taking on a double team that frees up a linebacker to shoot in there and make a tackle in the backfield and things like that. There's there's nuances to the defensive tackle position that makes it hard to be a star. Like Aaron Donald Rex plays a lot, but at the same time Aaron Donald doesn't make every single play all the time. And like you see, like you can see, a line, like a linebacker can take over a game. Aaron Donald right. can come close to taking over a game, and he's probably the best defensive player we've ever seen. And right. I think. He and, and it's tough. It's like it's tough to be a quarterback right now who isn't Patrick Mahomes, right? Because no matter what you do, you're compared to Patrick Mahomes. Well, you're not Patrick Mahomes. You can't do all this flashy stuff. You might win 13 games for for us, Josh Allen, but you're still not Patrick Mahomes, and you can't beat Patrick Mahomes. And I think Chris Jones gets because he's in that Aaron Donald range and plays Aaron, Aaron yeah. Donald's position. It's tough to see him show up every single play, and that's. But that's also what defensive tackles do. And sometimes it looks like they're taking plays off when they're eating up a double team. And it's like, it looks like he might not be trying that hard. But at the same time, he's taking up two offensive linemen who aren't blocking somebody else. Somebody's free because Chris Jones is taking on two people. And, it's, yeah, and then from a football perspective, if Chris Jones knows he's getting double teamed, right. there's no point in him tiring himself out, himself out against 650 pounds of dude. Right. And, and like I said... On the previous one where we were like, you know, you got to trust experts. What we pay Chris Jones to do is be an all-pro and make sacks and make game-wrecking decisions. And he showed up in the playoffs last week, and he is a second-team all-pro. And it's frustrating to pay $20 million to not see it every single snap. But that's what defensive tackles do. He's a second-team all-pro this year. He's a first-team all-pro last year. It's That's what you're he paying him to do. He still has the most batted balls in the last six years like by right. like, a wide margin. Right, and that's what you're paying Chris Jones to do at the end of the day. You're not paying him to show up and make every single play. You're paying him to be one of the best defensive tackles in the league, which he is. That's why you pay him $20 million. And that's yep. and so Chris Jones might seem like he's taking plays off, and there there was plays and there was stuff circulating Twitter on where he had taken a playoff or two, and it's like, yeah, okay, those plays looked bad, but at the same time, it's not – a, a total, you know, they didn't post the all twenty-two of every single play that was that was played during that game. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, you sometimes it's just not your play to make. <laughs> and I, you know, as so I play football, and yeah, you know, obviously not at this caliber. And you know, they say no plays off, and you don't take plays off per se, but you take some plays off sometimes. You know, if I'm on the right I mean, side blocking a toss to the left. I'm playing right tackle. The odds that the right defensive end is going to make that tackle on that toss is low. So you have to play enough to make it make sure that they don't get that. But it's if he's going to get around, but 
but the odds that that defensive tackle was going to make that play or that defensive end was going to make that play is so slim. And so, and it's like, I'm not trying as hard as I would on that play as I would a toss to the right where I do have to seal that guy and that guy can right. make, and, is and the, the one guy who can make the, the play for sure. And the same thing goes for defensive line. If, if Chris Jones is lining up on the far right side and they, and they run a toss to the right, right. you know, Chris Jones isn't in a position to make that play. He's going to jog over and contain, make sure they don't reverse field. Right. But he's not going to be, you know, right. moving 320 plus pounds of dude. Right. And they he's drop, not, they drop three, they, they rush three and the offensive line has six in to block on a passing play. You know what? I don't hate Chris Jones for saying probably not. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting triple team this play. You know what? I'll just fucking stand here, guys. Don't worry about it. And you know what? Fine. As, you know, especially the offensive linemen are going to get you, let you get away with it. And you can guarantee that two of those offensive linemen aren't going to go block somebody else. That's fine. I, yeah, so true. So, final verdict, good take, but good take, but you know, all right. It's a fine take. And somebody in chat also asked if Chris Jones for uh, to record a sack in the Super Bowl is a lock. You know what? Yes, I do think so. I think Chris Jones gets a sack. I think he. Let me let let's let's hold on. There's, there's been so many times, Truman, though, in these playoffs that the quarterback's been mobile enough to escape. You know who never moves in the pocket? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. He actually, I looked at this today. He throws from inside the pocket 94% of the time. He has one of the highest rates. He has the second highest rate in the league of throwing inside the pocket. Patrick Mahomes throws inside the pocket only 74% of the time, as that was 33rd in the league for quarterbacks this year. Yeah. So, and, I mean, that's just what Tom Brady does, though. He's right. He has incredible pocket vision, like probably the best any of us have ever seen. Right. And, but that bodes well for Chris Jones, who tends to get pressure to that pocket spot. And mobile quarterbacks can, you know, rotate around that. But Tom Brady doesn't. And so this is why we might see Chris Jones having a heyday. Right. And uh, for the record, when the Chiefs played Tampa earlier in the year, they had they recorded one sack. But Chris Jones did have two QB hits. And this Chiefs defense does just have a way of turning it on in the playoffs. I don't care who you are. They turn on the playoffs and it can't, and it can't be debated. <laughs> they... Uh, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this later on. Uh, I think we've got. We'll talk about the pass rush more later on. We've got another. Take, all right, all right. Let's on. move on to uh, one from our buddy Ben. We've got another one from Ben later in the show that we'll have a lot of fun with. But this one is. Uh, <laughs> this one's from our this buddy. This was just ben. an obvious take. Uh, Pringle's key factor in Chiefs running game being successful. Um, Pringle, I wouldn't say key factor. I mean, he's a really, really good run blocker, and unfortunately for him, a lot of times when he's in, you can just basically expect a run. Um, right. Uh, because he, he's going to lock up that corner, and there's going to be no way around him. He's very good. I would say he's a key factor, but he's definitely like one of the best blocking wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, he. I don't think there's much more to say about. Him. Right. He definitely. Um, it's hard for a wide receiver to be a key blocker, as much as we hate to, as much as we hate to say it. But it's you know it's it's tough for somebody to say that's the key blocker of the guy because. Like we said, the odds that the corner is gonna make is gonna make the play most of the time probably not, not very not very likely. So it's something where the defensive tackle, it, while a guard or a tackle can be the key, because the odds that a defensive lineman is gonna wreck your running play no matter what if you don't block him, is high. The wide receiver being a key to the running game is not is not the key per se, and actually the key this year. And as much as we, as much as this has been a blow to the Chiefs, as much as this has sucked and been a storyline somewhat about the Chiefs, 
The Chiefs' run game got a lot better when Mitchell Schwartz was out, which is crazy to say about your all-pro right tackle. But Mitchell Schwartz is an incredible pass-blocking pass tackle when he is healthy. He, he was bad this year because he was having back problems and things like that, which is fine. But he was not great at blocking the run, and that's something that we don't talk about a lot because Mitchell Schwartz is an all-pro, and you can't say anything bad about him because we all want him to go to the Pro Bowl. But at the same time, he's not an amazing run blocker, and all the backup linemen are good at run blocking, but they're not ama- they're not as good at pass blocking as Mitchell Schwartz is because nobody's really. It's as funny because they're Schwartz. still. It's funny that we say that because they're still serviceable. I don't know how the Chiefs have this super deep, you know, backfield of secondary O linemen because yeah. I think the Chiefs backups have performed way better than anyone would have ever expected. Oh yeah, the absolutely random signings of Brett Veach are incredible, especially against about offensive linemen. The random, oh yeah, I'll I signed this guy and this guy for. One million dollars each, and it's like, all right, whatever. Who cares about that? And then they got those guys will end up playing starting six games during the season. You'll be like, damn, it's a good thing we signed those guys. And that's Brett Veach is very underrated. So, ironically, Mitchell Schwartz not playing is a key, but it's it's just weird. It's it's in a weird way, it's a key to it. But Byron Pringle being the key to the run game is hard to do as a wide receiver. But yeah, so. Uh, let's move on. Oh, and I don't actually have this photo. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it either. Uh, Tanner, our buddy Tanner, who's a goon, uh, sent us a picture of a Chiefs cheerleader saying this was his hot take. Uh, yeah, Chiefs cheerleaders are hot. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, was, it was very funny. He sent us a photo. He said, this is my hot take. It was a Chiefs cheerle- cheerleader wearing number 55, probably from like 2008. And it's yeah, like, it was, it and you're like, like who was picture. even number 55 back then? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, moving on. Yeah. All right. So this is from my uh, buddy Kyle again, and he said that Lejarius uh, Need will have a sack and a pick, and the KC offensive line allows two or fewer sacks. Definitely doable. Definitely doable. Take. Uh, Spagnolo likes to blitz Lejarius Need, and he's the uh, been rated the best in the league in terms of cornerback blitzes. Um, and it seems like he always finds his way home. You know, three straight games with a sack, kind of insane. Uh, and a pick, you know, if they blitz Tom Brady, which they like to do, he might throw up a ball, and Legarius Need has a knack to find those picks. Yeah. Then um, Casey O-line allowing two or fewer sacks. I think that is kind of a hot take, but the Chiefs O-line's been playing really well, so I can't say that that's not a possibility. Right, and it's – it's – the Chiefs O-line is going to – that's going to be the harder part of this bet, which is in an odd way. Because the Tampa Bay defensive line gets a lot of pressure. And they had two sacks earlier in the season when the Chiefs played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we had healthy linemen. We had Eric Fisher then. Uh, What happens on that left side is to be seen yet. But that'll be... That's that's the biggest story going on. That's the biggest question mark for the Chiefs right now. Is what's going on on that left side. But... It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I, that's that's where I feel the worst about is the is the Chiefs O line allowing two or fewer. I'm worried that they're gonna probably get three. I don't think it will matter that much, but uh, as for the luxurious need, I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. I think, I think it's one of those where you go, oh no way. I mean that's kind of ridiculous, right? Well, luxurious need. I want to look this up, cause I don't think he's he's played in. 
let's call it three, six, nine, twelve, uh, eleven games this year. In eleven, in, in in those eleven games, out six of them, he had either an interception or a sack. <laughs> in six of them, he had one or the other. I still don't other. think it's a terrible bet. No, I still don't no, think it's a terrible no, bet. no, no, no. That's what I'm saying is that. That's a ridiculous thing to say to predict is that one does that any defensive player will have a sack and an interception. That's one of the hardest things to predict in the world because interceptions are pretty much completely random. Sacks can be earned. And but right. the odds that LeJerry Sneed actually gets a sack, I think they're high. I think he's had in the four last and he's had four straight games with a sack and an interception. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Four straight games with a sack. He's had and he's had three interceptions this year. And so I don't hate that side of the bet. I in, in a weird way, between a rookie that has only played in 11 games this year, having a sack in an INT, versus the Chiefs' offensive line allowing two or fewer sacks, I feel better about the rookie than I do about yeah, the O line, which is a weird thing to say. But I but that's that's about how I feel. I, I like it. I I don't hate the pick. It's just. I think it's I think it's more likely than than people like if you could bet on that if you could get good odds on that, I mean you could bet that at eighty to one probably, yeah, maybe I lower because bet. he's been really coming on lately. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't hate that bet at all. Moving um, on the next spicy one, my favorite one actually. This, this one is isn't very spicy. I think one. I think this is a slam dunk take. <laughs> okay, I don't know about a slam dunk, but the uh, bet comes from our. Uh, our buddy Aaron, friend of the show, uh, and he says uh, that Daryl Williams is going to get 80-plus total yards. And the interesting thing about this is total yards. Right. I think this is doable. I yeah. think right. that this is definitely doable for, for Daryl. Um, he d- hasn't done it yet this year, and he hasn't done it in the playoffs, I don't think. You'd, you'd, he, be, you'd be wrong. He had 80-plus total yards last week? No. Against Cleveland, he had 80-plus yards. He had 78 oh. yards rushing. He had 16 oh, wow. yards he had receiving. Much. Yeah, and oh, last well, and last I week mean, he had 61. So definitely doable. But Ceh is back, and Le'Veon Bell probably sees some time. I think this would be a hard press. I think this is one of those games that you take Daryl Williams for 14 yards on the over. I would not take him for 80 plus total yards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I do I, like the Daryl Williams bet, dude. I, whatever the line is on Daryl Williams, take the over because they'll be they they've undervalued him a lot in the playoffs. We've bet on this pretty much every time. I think we we'll do the and speaking of we'll do the Dom. That's true pregame on Sunday on Sunday morning or Sunday <laughs> early sure afternoon. Make sure to tune in. We'll be talking prep prop bets as as we get you ready for the game. But uh, but yeah, I, I like Daryl. Whatever the line is on Daryl Williams, take the over. I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Moving on to the next take, and this one is from Justin yeah. H. Yeah, and he says the Chiefs are going to give up two turnovers in the first quarter, go down by 10, and then come back. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> why not? But I don't know about the turnovers part. That is something that the Chiefs have shown that they don't really do. Uh, turn over the ball. Um, the only turnovers they've had in the past couple weeks, I think there's been one muffed punt. And Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception this in the playoffs yet, has he? Uh, no, he hasn't because I've bet on him to throw an interception in the last two games, and he, <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. So the only turnover that the Chiefs have besides punting is that one McCole Hardman muffed punt. 
<laughs> and, and we have different opinions on that. I mean, we have the I mean, same it, opinion. I mean, on it, was, that. it was a terrible fumble. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, but that's the, the so that's the only part of this that I don't like. I, I could definitely see the Chiefs going down by ten. I don't know about in the first quarter. I don't think that the the Bucks score that fast. But uh, I could see the Chiefs being down ten randomly and then coming back. I mean, I wouldn't be scared. But the, yeah. if the two turnovers part that that gets it for me, I don't think the Chiefs are going to give up two turnovers. Right. What uh, I can't. Yeah, two turnovers is a lot of turnovers for this Chiefs team. It's like, it's got to be like what we saw in the Texans game where it was like, they scored and then we dropped a ball and then they scored again, and blocked a punt. Like that was that's how right. we got down twenty four. Is that it was dropped balls because of nerves and then a blocked punt. It wasn't. Right. Uh, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes throwing two interceptions or us fumbling the ball on offense. We don't right. turn the ball over that much. I think we're near the league low in turnovers this year on offense. But yeah, so the ter- down ten probably, probably at some point because they're the Chiefs. I really, don't, I don't think we'll Although, ever be down by ten in the Super Bowl. Trip. I don't think I, they I were really ever. Don't. Were they ever? Oh yeah, I, I, I mean they were down ten to the Bills. Nine to the Bills. Sorry, the, sorry, missed sorry, that sorry, extra sorry. point. It was very important to the game. It really gave us juice. But yeah, the Bucks can't score like the Bills. Sorry, knock on wood. People are reminding me. Yeah, the Chiefs had the six fewest turnovers in the league this year. So the Bucks can't score like the Bills. So I don't think we're gonna be down. Honestly. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's the Tampa Bay offense is such a weird. So it doesn't matter. I. We'll get into those predictions at the end. So you want moving on. Yes, hold on, wait. I was I was gonna check. Tampa Bay is fifth in the league in forcing turnovers. So a, a defense that turns over the ball a lot versus offense that doesn't turn over the ball a lot. They force twenty six turnovers. The Chiefs have only turned it over. Oh, let me double check it this number to get it right. They only turned the ball over sixteen times this year. Right. And eight of those. And then were but going back to the November twenty ninth game, uh they I don't think that we turned over the ball at all, did we? Mm, good question. We punted. We punted four times. That's the only turnovers that we had. Yeah, let me turnovers. We didn't have any picks. No, the Chiefs did turn over the ball. Oh, we, I guess we lost a fumble. Yeah, we right. The ball in the red zone. The, I like. I like that's the fifteen right, yard that's line. Right, that's right. Yeah, right. The Chiefs have only had three games without a turnover, but they've only yeah, had two games ter- with more than one turnover. Yeah, I'm not terrified of t- us turning a ball over against the Bucks, I think that the November 29th game, you can look to that for of how I think this game's going to go, honestly. Right. But and and the defense has only not forced a turnover in two in in two games. Yeah. Right. Only they're, in two games this year. And the they Bucks forced defense is a turnover producer, not a yards stopper. Right. And they've forced two two or more turnovers in five of, of games this year. So the odds of the Chiefs win the turnover battle likely. Again, knock on wood. Um, all right, so that moves us on to the next one, which is which comes from our buddy Jeffrey, and uh-huh. uh, he says that the only reason people support the Bucks right now is because the Chiefs are the new Patriots and forget that Tom Brady is actually playing for the Bucks, which is true. It's true. Is is that the reason everybody hated the Patriots? There's two reasons. It was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And oh, there's three reasons. Patriots fans suck. Oh yeah, massholes are assholes for sure. Um, but the the weird thing about this is is that yeah, like Chiefs fans, like nobody should be cheering for the Chiefs traditionally, right? 
because the Chiefs won last year, everybody wants to see the underdog win. And I say underdog with air quotes. Uh, again, great for the Spotify listeners. The, the, the air quotes on this for underdog is crazy because they have a six-time Super Bowl winner on that side. The Chiefs have won two Super Bowls in their franchise. And Tom Brady, in his 20 years, has won six. And we're ch- and a lot of people want to cheer for Tom Brady. And it's and it's it's the LeBron effect because everybody hates whatever LeBron whatever team LeBron is on because Le- because the media loves to talk about LeBron and and slob on slob on LeBron. And people feel that way about Patrick Mahomes right now. People feel like everybody talks about Patrick Mahomes, which is true. People do talk about Patrick Mahomes. We are probably numb to it because we love when you talk about Patrick Mahomes because for years nobody talks about the Chiefs. And for years nobody talked about the Patriots either. The Patriots were basement dwellers before Tom Brady got there. Yep. But at the same yep. time, that man has won six Super Bowls. Even if he's not on the Patriots, you didn't really hate the Patriots. You hated Tom Brady. You hated Bill Belichick. It's still fine yep. if, if Bill Belichick goes and coaches for the Colts next year. If they go to the Super Bowl versus Tom Brady, I'm cheering for the Super Bowl to blow up, <laughs> you know? And I think – I don't think anybody feels amazing about cheering for either of these teams right now. I don't think there's a I mean, for sure – Like last year, it was it, last year it was a win-win because nobody had any issues with the 49ers or the Chiefs. There was no evil. But this year, the Chiefs are would be the evil team for sure when you're looking at Chiefs versus Bucks. But on the Bucks side is Tom Brady. So uh so yeah, the only reason people are supporting the Bucks is because the Chiefs are kind of the new Patriots, and Chiefs fans are assholes. I mean, trust me, if you tuned into my stream well, after the Buffalo game, or Owen's stream after the Buffalo game, neither of us were being gracious winners towards Buffalo fans well, because see, the they talked is- so much shit during the week. And right. we were and, mostly and this, just responding to people that we were like, just wait and see, because we know we're right. And Patriots fans, but at the end of the day, maybe Patriots fans just knew they were right too. And you hated them because they spoke the truth. It's because they said, doesn't matter, Tom Brady's on the other side. And you're like, fuck off, it does matter. They're not, Tom Brady's not God. And But I'll be damned, Chiefs fans don't say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, th- I think we're going to run over the Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs have been losing, only winning by one possession. I think don't that care. We have Patrick the, Mahomes. Doesn't matter. The historic Patriots fans are talk a lot more shit than current Chiefs fans do. Right. And I think Chiefs fans, I hope, are more reactionary because right. we like to talk shit when sh- shit is talked to us. Right. But I mean, I can de- you can definitely see similarities in how Patriots fans acted back then and how Chiefs fans act now. But yeah. it, the, I think the main reason over everything else why Chiefs fans are acting like this now. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's talked shit on our franchise for like twenty plus years, yeah. And yeah. now, now it's our turn, and you get to shut the fuck up and listen to us talk about our team, and that's yep. what's happening. Yep, yep. Start a podcast just to just to talk more about the Chiefs. That's what that's what Chiefs fans do. <laughs> yeah, who would do that? Probably who would do that? Guys, oh my, oh my god. Probably very cute. Um, moving on to our next one. This next take comes from our buddy Logan, who was actually in the chat earlier. Uh, he said, so since this Super Bowl is the first one ever being played at home, he asked the question, it says, since the crowd is a big mix of fans normally, do you think the noise will be mostly Chiefs support, mostly Bucks support, or even? Will there be Brady haters, underdogs mentality? What do you think, Owen? So I actually think that it's, once again, going to be mostly Chiefs. I know it's home in Tampa Bay, Chiefs? but 
Chiefs travel so well. We we beat Oakland in their home stadium, and I just Tampa Bay just won the Stanley Cup. I don't think that their team is super hyped. I think that the Chiefs are still relishing in that it's our time, and I would not if. be surprised if there's more Chiefs fans. But the thing is, everyone in that stadium is going to be wearing some shade of red. It's going to be really hard to tell who's got more fans. That's <laughs> that's true, too. There's a lot of things going into this. I do not think the Tampa Bay Lightning winning a Stanley Cup matters to NFL fans. That at the end of the, or a city at the end of the day, the NHL is is the smallest major four North America out of, out of the North American four, uh, the the pro sports the pro sports leagues in North America being NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL. Th- those whenever we talk about North American four, those are the four that we always talk about. Right. Soccer quite isn't there yet. Yeah, it's it will never get there in the U.S. But the NHL is the smallest out of those four. So I don't think them winning a cup matters at all to a city. It matters to a city like they love the Lightning for sure. But it's not – it wouldn't be anything to them winning a Super Bowl, their first Super Bowl right, in right. 18 years. But um, I think they won in 2003, right? They um, did win in 2003. Okay. And then so will this be a mix? So the issue is that this is the most that tickets will ever cost. And normally – so what it comes down to right. is when you're buying Super Bowl stuff, there's a lot of things to consider. And I've Because I think about this a lot because my birthday – is generally around the Super Bowl. Next year, if this if the I don't know how the 17th game is going to work out because they also eliminated some preseason games. So depending on when the Super Bowl is, if it's in the normal time frame, you know, normally it's on the first Sunday of February every month, right. every year. Next year, my birthday will be on the Super Bowl. But because my birthday is always around the Super Bowl, I yeah, I know, right? I know, right? I know, right? And then um but because of that, I have considered a lot, like a few times, about what it would take to go to the Super Bowl. And Super Bowl tickets cost anywhere from five to $10,000. I think it costs upwards of $10,000 this year because it's oh. such a limited capacity. And there's, they're only letting in like 22,000 fans, and I think 7,500 of them are healthcare workers that the NFL awarded yep. the tickets yeah, to from so all over the nation. Yeah. So it is so hard to get tickets now. <laughs> And you probably have to buy them in pods like you have to do for the Chiefs. And so you're, you don't even get to buy one ticket for 10000 You have to buy four tickets for 35000 or whatever it is. So Yeah. And I know that's not how math works. Four times 10 is not 35. But just as a, as a bundle deal. I'm imagining bundles. So I've thought about it before. You know, a ticket costs $7,000. And then you think about flying and stuff. I mean, honestly, lodging is only another $1,000. So I think everybody always thinks there's some sort of home field advantage. Like, oh, well, it's in, it's in Tampa Bay. So many more fans are going to go. The price of lodging during the Super Bowl is not what's keeping people from going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's the price of the ticket. Yep. The outside might be great. There might, they might tailgate the hell out of it. They won't because they're, it's Tampa Bay. It's a shit city. But that, that, like if it was in Kansas City but the Chiefs weren't there but, and the Chiefs were in it, Outside the stadium, the support would be insane. They would be tailgating at the Marriott across the street, oh, at yeah, the in the crazy. Coco Keys parking lot, uh, even at that crappy ass Taco Bell there, and that terrible Chuffles. rundown gas station where you feel like you're gonna get stabbed. It would spill all over the city. They'd be tailgating. Power and light would be packed. Everything would be packed. But if you looked inside the stadium, it's always a hodgepodge of NFL fans because you always have to buy those tickets so far in advance. You know, you didn't get to buy the tickets a week ago. You had to buy those tickets 
six weeks ago. Um, not this year per se, but typically it's you know right a T- while typically ago. Typically, Super Bowl tickets start going on sale in like week like I don't know, what thirteen or something like that. Right during that Rams Patriots Super Bowl, there was probably Chiefs fans in that stadium who bought tickets thinking the Chiefs were going to be there. That's the saddest thing to think about. But all that to say that. I think it's going to be a pretty even split, like it always yep. is. Is it's going to be fans of the NFL, but because there's, and because there's no like truly underdog guy here, and uh, maybe more uh, your casual NFL fans going to cheer for the Bucks, maybe, but only because the media uh, so coverage of casual Trump, NFL so. fan doesn't like Brady. Right, and that's the thing they. It won't be crazy one side or the other, but I think it'll probably be mostly Bucks, but like a fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent or something like that. True. Um, moving on to that, uh, this came from uh, one of my buddies, Noah. From this is a, a friend from uh, elementary school, actually, before I even moved, which wow. is, was very fun. Uh, he thinks that Matthew Stafford is going to take the take the Rams to the Super Bowl next year. Definitely a spicy take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's not crazy, honestly. It's not crazy. Jared, Jared Goff, Jared Goff um, you heard me sing his praises in some of the first episodes of this podcast. He was poor this poor. Yeah. Not I mean, he had to have thumb surgery eventually also, which didn't help. Sure, and he didn't, he didn't play anywhere close to his contract. But Matt Stafford is good at one thing, Truman, and that is stats. You know what, you know what the Rams could have used this year? Stats. Yeah. They could have used stats. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to discount it. I think that the Rams are now a serious contender for the NFC title. I And I think a lot of people would agree with me. I think the Rams have, you know, decent enough wide receivers. Uh, Cam Akers looks like he's going to be a good running back. And we know we know their defense is good with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So, uh, I not out of the question for them to go to the Super Bowl. But still a hot take as of right now because we don't know what Stafford looks like. Nick. It's for sure a hot take, but but Sean McVay is a genius, and and Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. He's thirty two years old, which is you know, did did the Rams overpay? Yeah, probably. But the Rams don't give a shit about their first round draft picks, and everybody else does, even though it's basically a lottery ticket that has just slightly better odds. Right. But but we all love to go crazy over it. But um. I would say that if anybody could do it, Sean McVay is the one that could take Matthew Stafford and turn him into a Super Bowl contender. And he yep, is a serious like upgrade over Jared Goff. And with Jared Goff, they went to the second round of the playoffs. They were two wins away from a Super Bowl championship. I think Matthew Stafford takes you to that next level. I think they would have been able to compete against the Bucks if Matthew Stafford's in and can stay healthy. And I definitely think they could compete against the Packers too. So Yeah, I, I think they're definitely a competitor now. They, they're, they're, you know... They'll be in the top... From- they'll be in the top... 10 of Super Bowl odds, maybe the top five going in next. Uh, I think they're top three for the NFC. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If not, top two. Right. Um, Moving on to uh, another person whose last name starts. It's a pretty wild take, Truman. I'm going to let you uh, take this one and just go off, okay? You motherfuckers keep (laughs) talking to me about Daniel Sorensen, and I'm going to flip my lid. Because what somebody sent me, and they might have even sent this twice. I only remember seeing it once, but I feel like they sent it to me once or twice. 
our buddy Ben sent me a take. That said, Good friend, Ben. Good friend. Daniel Sorensen will win Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I hate you. I just want you to know. Look at look in the camera. I'm gonna get real close to the mic for this one. Look at look at me. I hate you. I hate I hate you. Come on the show on Saturday. I know you are going to be on the game show on Saturday, but I hate you. I hope you understand. And I hate Daniel Sorensen. And I want you to understand that I, let's read off some of the players that have the, that have the same amount of odds to win the Super Bowl MVP. Because I looked it up. Daniel Sorensen's on the list. Don't worry, guys. Uh, some of the players that have the same odds to win Daniel uh, as Daniel Sorensen. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Big, True. yeah, big Sean Murphy Bunting Bunting fan. Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> Tyler Johnson has the same amount of odds. Frank Clark has the same amount of odds. Vita Vea and Chris Jones all have the same amount of odds, which which is frustrating in itself because Daniel Sorensen does not belong on the same list as Frank Clark and Chris Jones for odds to win the Super Bowl MVP. Juan Thornhill also has the same amount of odds. Uh, for the record, if it, put your put your fucking money where your mouth is, bud, because you can get a hundred to one odds for Daniel Sorensen to win the Super Bowl MVP. A hundred to one. And just I would for, give you just, fifty thousand to one. I'd give you fifty thousand to one odds. If okay, I'll I'll bet you a dollar. Daniel Sorensen wins the MVP, Owen. Okay, I'll take it. You got fifty thousand to back that up. No, but there's no way, dude. <laughs> there's no way. You heard it here first. If Daniel Sorensen wins the MVP, I will be a rich, angry man. Uh, <laughs> some players that have better odds than than uh, Daniel Sorensen, Scotty Miller. The guy talking shit on Tyreek Hill this week has 90 to 1 odds. Levante David has 90 to 1 odds. Jason Pierre Paul, which actually isn't outside the realm possibility. He's at, he's at plus 5,000. Uh, Daryl Williams. Darrell. Daryl the Barrel. Get him at 70 to 1 odds. Nicole <laughs> Hardman has better odds than Daniel Sorensen at 50 to 1. And Antonio Brown, 50 to 1. I just. And not not to even mention the odds that a that a that a, that a defensive player wins Super Bowl MVP. I mean, the la three of the last four that have won Super Bowl MVP have been quarterbacks. The other one outside of that four were being Julian Edelman in that terrible terrible Super Bowl. And this is yeah, be a high scoring sure. Super Bowl, which makes it even harder for somebody like that to win the win it. But the last defensive player, can you name the last defensive player? I bet you can. To win Super Bowl uh, MVP. Was it Von Miller? It was Von Miller. The one before that, can you name him? The defensive player? Yeah. Oh, shit. Was it... It was Paul two Holland? years earlier. It was on the uh, Seahawks. Oh, shit. Oh, I should know. I don't. That's right. You can't. You can't possibly know because it's Malcolm Smith. <laughs> Who? The last defensive player to win it before that? No, no idea. Dexter Jackson in 2003 with the Tampa Bay... Tampa, Tampa I, I was not watching football. But the one before that in 2001, you might be able to name. You Maybe sure? one of the best defenses of all time. Widely yeah, regarded as one of the best linebackers of all time. Was just starting yeah. his career with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, gosh. Oh, duh. It's freaking what's-his-face that I can't... He's, he was accused of cheating with black... Uh, with. I don't know. I don't no, know. he was actually accused of murdering someone. 
Oh, that's right. Um, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Ray yeah. Lewis. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> since, the, since the year 2000, which is where we're ranking our Super Bowls coming up, actually, uh, four defensive players have won it. So, no. No. This is a certified terrible take that Daniel Sorensen is going to win the Super Bowl MVP. I know it's a joke, but we're taking all takes seriously here, and I hate you. I hate you for mentioning Daniel Sorensen on the, during the Super Bowl MVP talk. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> It, I know he's going to have a stupid interception in this game. I know he will. I know he'll make some big impact play. And everybody's like, well, you got to re-sign Sorensen next year. I know it's coming. I know he knocked out that ball against Cleveland. Whatever, dude. Um, I'm just what, – what, let's move on. I'm done with it. That's all i got to say about that. You got anything to say about Daniel Sorensen? No, I don't. Super no, MVP? I, I, 100 to 1? 100 to 1? I'll take any bets. Any bets somebody wants to come. You come to me. You bring me $10. Well, I'll wager $1,000 for you. No, all right. I actually won't do that. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> I got to stop making those bets. Uh, moving on. This comes from Randy on Facebook. He said, I know, until, I know waiting until the last minute is to win is kind of the Chiefs thing. But I'd love it for if our defense would show up all game long this time. Um, here's, uh. here's my answer for that take. Is that the Buffalo Bills game was actually the first time that we... Whoa, holy... What did I do? Um, sorry, I scrolled through some... Um, the Buffalo Bills game was actually the first time that the Chiefs have really done this. They've really put together a full game. Where that Bills game, after they erased that nine-point lead, one, there's never really a doubt they were going to erase that nine-point lead. I think you always knew they were going to do that. Yep. And so I I think that Buffalo Bills, I, at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs hold back plays when they're up a lot. They were doing that during the regular season. I don't think they did that. I don't think they do it in the playoffs because that's what you're saving it for. And especially in the Super Bowl, we're going to see things like Rose Bowl Parade right and all Ferrari that. Ferrari right. Yeah. Hungry Pig left. Right. We're going to see all sorts of stuff from Andy Reid. Yeah. And they're not, and they don't have to hold anything back. So not only do I think the offense is going to throttle them, I think the defense, the defense plays better in the playoffs too. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, they step it up. It's a different gear in the playoffs. And I also Even Daniel Sorensen shows up a little more in the playoffs. I, I have an issue with them saying teams, defense would show up all game long. The defense been showed up all game long for like the second half of the year. The defense, you could argue, has been the reason they've been winning games. The offense hasn't been scoring points in the fourth quarter. I I wouldn't say that. I guess the against the Buccaneers, the offense had zero points in the fourth quarter in Week Twelve. Zero. Yeah, but they were up like twenty to three at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they're up twenty to three entering the fourth quarter because the team has been playing well. I mean, put some respect on the defense, man. Come on. I mean, I guess the, the starters the starters great. haven't allowed over thirty points since the win against the Las Vegas Raiders in Week Eleven. But put some respect on them. They they won they the Browns game. Garbage they won the Browns game. That's what they did. Is is Chad Chad Henney might have came in, but who really stepped up was the Chiefs defense, shutting down Kareem yeah. Nick Chubb and all those guys. Put some respect on them, man. Yeah, right, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not like, I don't know. I don't go crazy over it. I uh, I think the defense has been having a tough time, 
but they're not nearly as bad as last as two years ago defense. They're probably not of as good not. as last year's defense, but they have shown that in the playoffs they can still turn it on, allowing 17 and 24 in back-to-back weeks. You know, uh, a win margin of 14 when they when they only won by 24. It's well, I mean, I, they gave up a garbage dime touchdown. Couldn't care less. Could not care less. Sorry, sorry that I don't care about your garbage time touchdown with right. 90 seconds to go to bring the game within eight. Right, it, it will get we'll get back into the predictions about uh, here here after we wrap up the the take segment about everything. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs uh, are are going to be fine this week. Um, going on to it, going on to our next take uh, again from Jeffrey, and it's very similar takes. This is why I had this one back to back. He said, "I feel like even though this year we've won more games, we've won by less than the games we won we won last year, which makes each each game down to one possession scary." And Jeffrey, you're not wrong. It's definitely I was very scared during the Browns game. Yep. And the Raiders game and kind of the Falcons game just cuz that would have been really embarrassing. But scary maybe it's not the word I would use, but at the same time, I I, I would direct you pretty much to the same answer we just gave that it's still not that scary but i was not even worried during the bills game i'm gonna be honest with you truman when they i I was maybe beginning to worry and then they kicked that field goal then i had zero worry absolute zero right for i barely even worried when when poor uh, armani watts got upended and fumbled i mean like basically everybody in the league fumbles that if you get hit like that although i will i will tell you that jeffrey is correct the chiefs won by by 24 more points last year they had a point differential of plus 143 last year. This year, it was only plus 119. Okay, so they allowed two more points a game. Well, that's not really Don't. true. So so the Chiefs won 14 games this year by by 119 points. That's an average win margin of uh, 8.5. Last year, they won by 104, They won by 143 divided by... Uh, they only won 12 games in the regular season last year, which was an average point margin of about 12. So, again... It's 8.5 is a lot score. of games at like 7 and 6 and 3. And then because we also beat the Jets by 30 and the Broncos by 30. So if you take those two games out, you're now you're at, uh, you know, let's call it. Sure. Let's call it one. We'll call it 60 games that you won that you won by five. You won 12 games by a five point margin on average. Sure. But last year we games. also beat. We also beat the breaks off the Raiders and the Broncos last year. We beat the Raiders forty to nine last year. Did we? Did we beat the Breaks? It was either the, it was the Niners or the Broncos. We beat them forty to nine. Well, it wasn't the it wasn't the Niners last year. Uh, I I meant the I said the Raiders. Sorry, we beat the Raiders forty to nine last year. Twenty eight ten I mean, against the Raiders. Thirty to six against Denver. Oh, you, and we did beat yeah we did beat Oakland forty to nine. But that's I mean, one blowout. There was one blowout, and there was a but there was some solid twenty point wins in there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not I'm I am just not worried. I I'm really not. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not. Right. I'm also I'm also not worried, but at the same time, it's just like you know I get I get where you're coming from. Scared isn't the right word for it, but it's definitely I if if I can I, understand. I didn't post my watch heart fan. rate last week, but it was it was all over the all over the chart. And I get, yeah, and, and like Owen said, being a Chiefs fan during the playoffs for so many years was so bad. I think that's why we're all scared, honestly. Like, especially against the Bills. 
Mm-hmm. When we went down nine, I could not care less. And I think, but just as Chiefs fans were like, oh man, here it comes, you know, we're going to go three and out. And then we just forget we have Patrick Mahomes who three plays touchdown, you know. Oops. Right, right. And uh, so this next one comes from my dad. Uh, and this is something that we kind of, that I kind of alluded to earlier, but he said that he had read an article where the Chiefs had pressured Josh Allen at a higher rate than any other team in the modern playoff era, which is about how it felt like. It felt like Josh Allen was running all night. Yeah, it did. Which means that for him, this ability comes down, that to win this game hinges on the ability for the Chiefs D-line to get pressure on Brady. And I yeah. think that's correct. I think, I think, I totally agree. I think what you, uh, what did I do? I totally agree. Oh, I think that's, yeah, sorry. I think that's a, I mean, I think that's really accurate. I think that if the Chiefs can do to, <laughs> to can do to Tom Brady, yeah. what they did to Josh Allen, 54 to 14 blowout. Right. I think it, because Tom Brady pressure this year is like the worst quarterback and by far in the league. And he's not, and he's not nearly as slippery as Allen is. Yeah. I and mean, if the Chiefs pressure Brady, and I'll say it again. If the Chiefs pressure Brady like they pressure Josh Allen, 54 to 14. Yeah. They'll, yeah. If, if they can consistently get pressure like they did against Josh Allen, it will be a long day for them. Uh, the Chiefs had, against Josh Allen, they had four sacks. That's pretty good. Uh, QB hits, they had a lot. They had, uh, let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten QB hits against Josh oh. Allen. Last week, yeah, and he threw. I mean, he didn't look good, man. He didn't look like Josh Allen. No, he looked bad. He threw forty-eight passes, so about one fourth or about one fifth of his dropbacks, he was getting pressured. And because two of those were, or four of those were sacks. What I say? Yeah, I'm already losing track because there's so many of it. So, yes, a lot of this is going to come down to whether the Chiefs can pressure Brady because if they pressure and. And I even read this something about this where the Chiefs, uh, it's like when teams go empty, when the Bucks were going empty early in the season when the Chiefs and the Bucks played, uh, Spagnolo instead of doing like what a lot of defensive coordinators would do and drop like eight into coverage because it's you know you've got four guys coming, he brought the blitz even harder because they were empty, which meant they had to bring in Rob Gronkowski and keep the running back in the backfield. So now you've got six on the line, quarterback, running back. So then you're only then you're only uh, you know, you only have three three wideouts out there, and the Chiefs can rush seven or eight and get good pressure, and and you force it, right. And, and if you can make Tom Brady only have two to three seconds, you you're confident in your ability to win those man matchups for you know two to three seconds. So yeah, I I expect the Chiefs to get a lot of pressure on. I think they schemed up a good game plan against Brady earlier in the year, and I think they're going to scheme up another good one. And yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and on the flip side of this is while my dad believed that the biggest part of this game is going to hinge on the Chiefs D-line versus the Bucks O-line to get pressure on it, uh, my uh, teacher, as we said earlier, also Josh R., but we'll call him Mr. R. to avoid confusion, he said, uh, oh my gosh, uh, he said that he thinks that the biggest part of this game is going to be the Bucks D-line versus Chiefs offensive line, which has been the kind of the consensus as we've gone along throughout this week i think that's been a lot of people's yeah and it's not a bad you know again it's it's correct a lot of this is 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 this is going to be an issue um 
It could be. It well, or or it won't, and that's what a lot of this game is going to hinge on is whether Mike Rimmers can control uh, Jason Pierre-Paul like he's done in the past. That's the funniest part is uh, Jason Pierre-Paul had a bulletin board material this week where he said, "I don't even know who Mar- Mike Rimmers is. Was he a tackle, a guard? What did you say?" And the funniest part about that is he has actually played against Mike Rimmers twice in his career. He started twice against Mike Rimmers. Once was he Mike Rimmers started that game against Tampa Bay earlier in the season. And he also matched up one-on-one with Jason Pierre-Paul when Mike Rimmers was on the Jets and Jason Pierre-Paul was still on the Giants. And the Jets won that game too. Mike Rimmers, even JPP doesn't know who he is, is 2-0 against him. <laughs> and, I mean, they will, there will be some different line assignments. Like, people are going to be switching to, from, to the other side. Right. But apparently, and I heard this on the radio today, the, the Chiefs planned for this anyway. They practice their guards and tackles on the other side frequently anyway. Yeah. So that's why, you know, we're seeing all these, you know, swapping positions because they've been practicing it. Right. They've been ready for it. Right. It's what makes the most sense. Um, so do I think – so it will come down. And the other part is this. He also asked Mitchell Schwartz is going to shoot up, suit up. Uh, earlier, like last week, Andy Reid said that he was not optimistic Mitchell Schwartz was going to suit up. I haven't heard anything about him suiting up. Yeah, it's trending Obviously, towards no. Wednesday through Friday is uh, when you'll get the practices and you'll get the actual yep. uh, injury reports. But I wouldn't even expect to see Mitchell Schwartz on those injury reports. I don't think he's going to factor in enough where you'll actually see him play. So, no, I do not think Mitchell Schwartz is going to play. But as we mentioned earlier, very quietly, we say it very quietly so nobody gets that upset about it. But Mitchell Schwartz is not an amazing run blocker. And he is a great pass blocker, but this Chiefs offensive line has been able to hold up on the right side without him. So, obviously, without Eric Fisher, it's also a big deal, but it's fine. Yep, I'm there. Um, moving on, we've got three more takes, and then we'll be into our actual predictions of the Super Bowl, and then our top five. But um, this one comes from Josh Wolf, and this is a common take that I've seen a lot of people have. Uh, sorry, Josh W. Um. They said that, he said that Mahomes abuses the rules, the out-of-bounds rules, when he, runs, when he runs to the sideline and he fakes like he's going to go out of bounds and then he gets a few more yards and then eventually gets pushed out. And Josh said that he wouldn't be surprised if it became illegal in the next couple of years. Uh, I would, so I don't, I would yeah, be surprised I mean, if it came up in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't think that it would ever be... It, it would be too hard to officiate. Right. And that's, I think that's what I said too, is that it's just, you know, where is the line of fight for every yard and, but not at the same time. It's like, it's, you right. can't blow him dead just because he's making the move towards the sideline. And, and, and then it would be easy for defenders to abuse that rule because then they don't have to f- play to play him to the sideline. They don't have to have outside contained. All you have to do is everybody forces them that way to the outside, it's, and then if he got two yards within the out-of-bounds line, they'd be like, well, he's dead. That's, that's the whistle. The way I see it, it's kind of like the Bill Belichick slash Mike v- Mike Vrabel false start abuse. But they, they fixed that. the clock. They fixed they that rule. Yeah. They, they well, were okay, like, but, okay, but people are abusing like, this rule now. So Well, but before they fixed it. Right. Before they fixed it, it's just kind of, you know, you're playing by the rules technically, but you're kind of just abusing a loophole. Right. I don't think this one's patchable though, like the like the offside abuse was. Right. Um. Because you can't officiate it, like like you just finished saying. Yeah. Um. But what I do think is going to start happening is that 
Patrick Mahomes is, might start getting smacked a lot more on the sideline if he keeps doing it. That's what I think. We've said this for years. Nobody smacks him still. Because he is too smart. He doesn't have those lapses, and he doesn't do dumb shit like that where he's, where he's Lamar Jackson. Every, every, every now and again, you see Lamar Jackson put his shoulder into somebody, and you're like, that is taking years off your career, bud, if you keep doing that. Patrick right. Mahomes does not do that. He, he's a very intelligent player, and I agree with you. I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would ever fake somebody going out of bounds that he doesn't think he can totally fake from hitting him at all. Yeah. And it's really effective for him, and he's going to keep doing it, and there's not going to be anything that anyone can do to stop him. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it won't become illegal, and there's nothing you can really do to stop it. Is it kind of a douche move? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But will, sure. it will piss everybody off for years to come? Yeah, probably. This next take is my favorite take, by the way, Truman. I know uh, I said the other, uh, the Daryl Williams one was my favorite one, but this one's actually my this favorite one's, one. This one's a fun take from uh, from uh, a frequent view, uh, listener of the show, Evan. Uh, Evan mentioned that he thinks the only reason the Chiefs have kept games close this season is to boost TV ratings. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's a billion dollar, half a billion dollar man. He's always thinking business and that's, that's it. That's part of it. He probably gets paid commercial uh, from his endorsements from state farm um, mm-hmm. through and uh high V um, by view. So he's boosting his own ratings and getting himself more money. Right. The closer I, the case, it's just an obvious. The closer Honestly, the games are, time. the more timeouts are called, the more commercial breaks they go to, the more times they play commercials with Mahomes in it, uh, the more viewers they have because the game is close. It just makes sense from for Patrick, especially from Patrick Mahomes's view, the guy that can probably control how close this game is. It makes absolute sense for him to work out a deal with State Farm to keep these games, you know, under. Yeah, under I mean, 10 he really needs sure. the money right now. He's kind of broke, um, so I can understand why he'd want to do this too. So, the rich I mean, get richer, this man. is just kind of a. I can't believe I didn't see this before, but it's kind of a no-brainer take. I really appreciate Evan uh, bringing this to our attention because it's yeah. just maybe, spot on. Maybe we were we we were ignoring the forest for the trees, you know. Maybe we were too close to an elephant on this one, and you know, yeah, I think maybe I think if you keep it simple, you realize. That the Chiefs are just trying to make more money, specifically Patrick Mahomes. Book it. Nice. We've heard this is the second Don that's true certified conspiracy theory. The one earlier was that Tommy Townsend was po- was placing something, and that's why Harrison Butker was bad at kicking for a while. Uh, this one is that the Chiefs are only keeping games close to boost the ratings. Those are certified. If you quote those, please make sure to give us credit. Uh, direct please. everybody to twitter.com slash steam machine and twitter.com slash domination7. Thank or you. Uh, yes. or direct yourself to Evan. Go find Evan. Uh, it's under, yes, under yeah, it's just too comments. obvious. Uh, sure. Once again, really appreciate it. Uh, bringing it to the attention of us. Yep, yep, yep. And the last one, and this might be the most controversial. I almost Wait, didn't want to. Include... There's two more. There's two more, dude. What? what do you mean? Do you have two more? Oh, that's right. I had to. Del- we had to delete that. Yeah, one. there's sorry, a double. Sorry, one. My bad, my yeah, bad. I put one in the script two times because I liked it so much. Uh, but the last one. This might be the most controversial one that we've seen all week. I. Yeah, this pretty out there. I pretty pretty much disagree with it i almost don't even want to put it give it a platform to spread uh sure, but i have to disagree with you man I, well I, I see and see on. this is the issue this is why we have to talk about this um it is it is a big debate going around on everything it'll be up you know leading up until the it's game it's gonna be on my bookie it's gonna be on my bookie for sure oh yeah you can bet this and you know i think obviously there's a favorite that should be taken uh but, I don't care about your slightly increased mass, Truman. This no. is this is a, this is a you're easy talk, take. You're talking about my mass now? Easy. Whoa, hurtful. The, the, not, that's not the mass. <laughs> All I'm right, about. let's introduce this. 
the last take on the show from uh, again from Josh W on Twitter. He replied and said, "Coin will land on heads." Stupid, stupid, stupid. No, great take, great, great, great work. Josh. Really, Owen? Uh, Owen? Owen, tell me why. Tell me why it's gonna land on heads. Because, dude, heads is the best. That's why that's heads always true. wins. Everyone knows. That's not the same. Everybody knows that's not the same. You don't even have. Okay. A, you don't have a simple sentence, do you? You don't have a. You don't have a. Everywhere known sentence, do you? I'll just sit back and uh, uh, wait uh, for it. Everywhere known sentences are what makes probability happen now, huh? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Owen. I. Well, why is it gonna Why is it gonna land on heads? It just does, Truman. Because it just does. You want to know why it's gonna land on tails, Owen? Why Why is it gonna land on tails, Truman? Because tails never fails, baby. Ugh. That's why. That's why. You know goddamn well it's gonna uh, land on tails. Get that. I don't get care your about head. Fifty point oh five percent because the mass of the head on the quarter makes it land on tails more. No, dude. No. It's gonna you. be heads. I'm here to tell you. It's gonna be tails. Tails never fails. Book it. Book it. A sub, Owen. One sub on the coin flip right here. The All right. That's true. All right. Let's get it. Let's get All right. it. I'm with that. Um, uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, uh, and that is the final take. Thank you for sticking around through all those takes. That's been a lot. There's, I appreciate everybody reaching out to us, hitting us up with those takes. Yeah, once um, again, super appreciate it, guys. It's always feel favorite, free uh, to. That we do. Always feel free to tweet uh, more segments for the shows at us. We always <laughs> need more ideas. Also, takes. Honestly, if you have a good enough take that you send us during the week when we're not doing a take segment, we might just put it on the show. For sure, for sure. All right. All that being said, that'll do it for the takes portion. We need to get to our actual Super Bowl prediction, and then we'll get into our top five, and then the and then the minute we'll we'll wrap this up. We'll try to keep it under two hours here for you guys. We'll probably keep it under an hour forty-five. No promises though. Um. So it is, let's. It is the big game special. It's so. the super special. So you got it. You had to know it was going to be super sized. So that being said, uh, let's get into the Super Bowl prediction, Owen. Owen. Lay me out the perfect picture of how it's going to happen in your head. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. Old man Brady walks out of the tunnel and the smoke goes, and then he remembers that he forgot to take his daytime meds and runs back in the locker room to get his crutch. He walks out on his cane. No, I'm joking. Um, What's going to happen is uh, it's going to be a similar matchup to Week 12. Um, Previous Super Bowl matchups where it's a repeat are similar. Um... It's, it's a lot different than the third time playing a team like we saw with Bucks saints um, But also, Saints would have won that game if Drew Brees doesn't throw three picks because Tom Brady also didn't play well in that game. Tom Brady also didn't play well in their first game, and they just won anyway, which is what they're doing. But the Chiefs don't vibe like that. Uh, I'm going Chiefs 38, Patriots 17. I, I, don't, I really don't think this game is going to be close. I know the line's three points, and I know the – Bucks defensive line is good, but Carlton Davis is still on Tyree Kill. So, I- I'm going. I'm going for a blowout, man. Chiefs thirty-eight, Bucks seventeen. Sorry, Chiefs thirty-eight, Bucks seventeen. Yeah, that's a twenty-one a, a point more, blowout. That's more of around what the score of Week Twelve should have been had stupid things not happened. I mean, Mahomes hits. Mahomes throws a ball two feet to the right. McColl gets in there for eighty-yard touchdown on a drive that they punted. Uh, no fumble. That's another touchdown. Uh, and then the two picked passes that should have been picked against Tom takes away 14 points. 
That would be. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to be close. I really don't. I think the Chiefs are just a far better team. 21 points would be the third largest margin they've won by this year. Dude, I'm, I, I just, I really think that the Chiefs are just really, they're turning on, man. And I just think they're, I don't think they're ready to explode. I, I, I think they're ready. I think they've been seeing official, official John on Twitter saying ratio under every single Chiefs related tweet. And they're just pissed. By the way, blocked him the other day. But my, my sports Twitter has been great. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing like, I've been seeing like Lamar Heisman under there. Great Ravens Twitter account, by the way. Yep. Really fun guy to interact with. I've been just oh. like seeing stuff like that. So the previous third highest margin of victory this year for the Chiefs is 16. Do you know who that was against? Nope. Don't care though. Do not care. The New All England the games Patriots. The Chiefs. Wouldn't it be ironic? The New England Patriots is who they won by 16 against. That'd be funny. Uh, dude, I just I feel really good. I just feel really good about this Chiefs team, man. I. Feel similarly to how I felt last week against the Bills is that I Cleveland was very scary because Cleveland you just didn't know what to expect and I was very worried about their running backs and obviously Leonard Fournette is running the ball really well and Ronald Jones Did you Jr. Forget about I'm sorry just real quick forget about Andy Reid after the bye week Truman right yeah well I mean no like I felt good about it but I was still more concerned there because they had a they seem to have a fairly good defense. And and Tampa Bay has a good defense, and that's worrisome. But they don't have a great defensive backfield, and that's less worrisome. They have great linebackers in D-line, great for shutting down the run. Aaron Rodgers should have passed for so many more points against them, uh, and they still put up – God, how many, how many points did they score? Do you know? Do you remember? I think it was like 28, right? What was that score last week? Oh, they scored 26. Like 26. They scored oh, 26. 26. <laughs> And I think if Green Bay can put up 26 on them, I think the Chiefs can put up 35. And there's no holding back. I mean, there's Andy Reid's had two weeks to prepare and just draw up plays that he feels good about. That they've, you know, we'll save that one for a later day. We'll save it for this look. We'll save it for that look. They've already seen these guys. We saw how it happened to the Bills the last time. They won by nine the first time. They won by 14 the second time. They won by three the first time. They won by three the first time. Let's call it a 10-point margin, 38-28. Okay. I feel, I feel good about that. How, how many did the Chiefs win by the Super Bowl last year? Was it 31-20? Yeah, we won by 11 after being down 10. Right, because it was 20-10, to 10, then they scored three straight touchdowns to go to yep. so it ended up 31-20. So I like the Chiefs by 10 here. Because I, you know, I think a, I think a five point increase would put us at eight, and I think you round that up to an even ten, and I think the Chiefs can put up thirty eight, and I think Tampa could certainly put up twenty eight with a garbage time touchdown in the last ten minute, in the last yep. three minutes to make and everybody to sweat just a little bit. And a pick to Daniel Sorensen. Yeah, and then, and then the Chiefs will go and run out the clock and give the ball the ball back to the Bucks with forty five seconds left, and they're down ten, and Tom Brady will throw an absolute hail mary pass. And Daniel Sorensen will fair catch it, and everybody will absolutely at me on Twitter. No, dude, you already know he's making a diving one-hander. Just to really piss you off. Yeah, it'll be it'll be like one of those where he backs up, and it's the easiest catch ever. And then he'll back up a little further, and then dive at the last second and catch it with one hand. Just and there'll be a nice we all we all we all great graphic. We all knew that kid in high school, yeah, for sure. And and he'll and they'll do that for him for sure. That'll be nice for him. Uh, (laughs) And he'll win Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Um. Because it will be his fourth pick of the game. Um, 
yeah, the the weak side, the weak side, shallow safety gets four picks. Yeah, uh, yeah. That being said, I think Chiefs thirty-eight, Bucks twenty-eight. Book it. Oh, that's not that's not bad. Book that's it. Not bad. Book oh, it. I'm fine with that. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the Super Bowl stuff, the actual sports stuff. Uh, let's do our top five of the week. Normally, it's kind of a little more uh, less sports oriented, but it's the Super episode, so we're going to talk about our top five Super Bowls since the year 2000. And our friends did implore us to not pick the Chiefs Super Bowl for uh, that happened last year because we are both Chiefs fans. But fuck them. So, fuck them. So we included that Super Bowl. I guess you'll have to make sure you listen to these next 10 minutes to see where that ranks on our list. Uh, <laughs> oh, and you want to start us off? Yeah, so uh, for number five, I've got Super Bowl 43, Steelers versus Cards. Uh, one of the first Super Bowls that I actually you know remember watching. Uh, never forget, I, I don't know the player's name, but I'll never forget that toe tap at the end of the game um, that Big Ben threw in the corner of the end zone. It's a pretty spectacular poster. Um, uh if you'll remember, that was one of the games where uh, half of America's TVs cut to hardcore porn during the game. Do you remember that part of the oh, Steelers cards? I remember. I watched that Steelers cards game, and I remember having to watch it because I was had a math class where I had to, uh, like, I had a math class where I had to do a, fill out a bunch of stats from the Super Bowl. They were like, which team scored? This many t- the top touchdowns, and it's like, what? Uh, yeah. But I don't remember there being hardcore porn, and maybe I was just writing something there, down on my there, math. It wasn't sheet. for the Kansas Classic City area. Nerd. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't was for it the not? Kansas City oh, okay. area. But yeah, uh, uh, there was a news story that a large portion of Super Bowl viewers just randomly got hit with like 15 seconds of porn. So that happened in that Super Bowl. I remember reading a story about that. Interesting. Uh, Number four, I've got Super Bowl 51, man. Falcons, Patriots. Uh, I hated the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I'd never like to see the Patriots win, but, uh, this was in the dorms, uh, my sophomore year, I had just finished a shift at Papa John's where the Falcons were up 28 to three and I was coming home and I was like, (laughs) and then they came back and I was really pissed. And one of my friends was an obnoxious Patriots fan. So that was a lot of fun to see him super celebrate. Then I was like, shit, man. Which friend? Uh, Andrew Holland. I mean, Andrew Uh, H. Uh, yeah. Andrew. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, he yeah. was a big, a big fan. Interesting. Yeah, and then funny enough that the my next uh, pick is also Super Bowl Forty Nine. Uh, that would be uh, Patriots versus Seahawks. Uh, and this was the Pete Carroll should have run the ball game. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you don't like the outcome, which I didn't, it was still a spectacular Super Bowl. These those last two Super Bowls, even though I didn't like the outcome, just really great, fun Super Bowls to watch. Mm-hmm. N- not nothing boring. Um, to go around, I think, you know, those 2015, 2017, those are some of the top Super Bowls of all time. Um, yeah. And my number two spot, I've got, I think, what everyone should have as a top two, and that's the 2008 Super Bowl, and that's Giants versus Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's the David Tyree helmet catch. Mm-hmm. Just an absolutely incredible finish to a game, which was otherwise, and don't tell anybody I said this, Truman, really, really bad, awful Super Bowl, other than the last two minutes. Yeah, it was what seventeen fourteen. It was one of the greatest one of the greatest offensive teams of all time in the in the two thousand eight Patriots, and it was a terrible Super Bowl. Yeah, so just a terrible Super Bowl, but legendary because of that catch. Sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah, just absolutely legendary end of the game. I think everyone should probably have this in their top two. And then obviously number one, I got you know 
Um, with the most improbable comeback in the history of championship games of sports. Not true. That's true. It is to me, Truman, because I it's the a... 2019 Super Bowl. Super Bowl 54, uh, Chiefs versus 49ers, obviously. Uh, I don't care about what fact. Your list? <laughs> I don't. Nope. Don't care about that, Truman. That was partially in the third quarter. So it gets etched off my list. Uh, I only also consider comebacks if they're under six minutes to go in the game. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously, Chiefs Niners is my number one Super Bowl. I, I, even if you're not a Chiefs fan, that Super Bowl was insane. Uh, nobody scores five. 21 straight points in the bottom six minutes of a Super Bowl. Right, and it was more exciting than a normal 20 to 20 game would have been. I think you, you know 20 to 10. I think going into going into the fourth quarter, 2010, still more exciting than the 17 14 game that the Patriots and right. Giants I mean, played. there was. There was a lot. Of, there was a several. What four takeaways in that Super Bowl? Four picks. At least. Two from Mahomes. Two for Garoppolo. Two from Garajo. No. Yeah. And then I think was there wasn't. I don't think there was any fumbles, but plenty of turnover sacks. on downs at the end of the game. Yeah. Plenty of sacks. It was you know just all around an exciting game. So I mean, mm-hmm. okay. obviously you Chiefs fan. I don't care about your bias. Fuck off. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four is my number one Super Bowl of the time. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Oh, sorry. Run back through the list one time, one more time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, number five, I've got Super Bowl forty-three Steelers cards. Uh, number four, I've got Super Bowl fifty-one Falcons Patriots in twenty seventeen. Number three, I got Patriots Seahawks twenty fifteen, uh, which is Super Bowl forty-nine. Number two, I've got Super Bowl forty-two, which is Giants Pats 08. and number one, Super Bowl fifty-four Chiefs Niners. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, and by the way, I was looking this up. Uh, the the heads versus tails. Tails has won six of the last seven years. That's looking good for me, boys. Bet against the rainbow. Well, before that, the it had been five years of heads. And then uh, it was four straight years of tails. And then there was heads, then tails, tails. Ride the train, baby. Ride the train. No, we don't ride the train around here. We we stop the train around here. Hashtag sure, sure, sure you do. Roulette sure, strats. Sure you do. All right. All right. Um... All that being said, uh, let's get into my list. I have uh, my first one, number five on the list, and I believe you had this one. I actually think that we have the same ones, but maybe just in different orders. I mean, probably these are like some of the best Super Bowls ever. Right, and there's something to be said for the for the new for the New England Patriots is that we are obviously picking from we did Super Bowls since 20, 2000 because we were both born in 1997, right. and uh, so even the ones in like 2000 we couldn't remember. But they, uh, at the same time, it's like, those were, I mean, the Patriots were in six, or were in ten, or nine of those twenty. And they had some of the most exciting games, is that when they won, they were winning by three points, or seven points, or, you know, your Barry McCockiners of the world would tell you that that's just Tom Brady luck, or whatever, but... Even when they were losing, they were losing on very exciting plays that were incredibly improbable. Because that's what the Super Bowl is about, baby. And the Patriots really did have that going on a lot. So, uh, New England is featured on three out of my top five also. But, again, they played in half of these Super Bowls, essentially. Uh, but number five on my list is actually not a Patriots one. I have uh, Super Bowl 53, the Pittsburgh Steelers-Arizona uh, Cardinals game. Uh, obviously a great game. They're uh, kind of a toe tap towards the 43? end there. What? You said 53. Oh, I do mean 43. Right? Yeah, I can't read Roman numerals. Like 53 was one of like the worst of all time. Yeah, don't, re- don't read the Roman numerals too quickly, kids. Uh, Pittsburgh versus Arizona. 
just a great game. A little toe tapper from, I believe it was Heinz Ward there at the end. Or was that's, it San Antonio yeah, Holmes? San Antonio uh, Holmes. It was, it was either one of them. I think they were both on that team, though. Yeah. But, uh, you know, honestly, just a great game. Very close. Uh, like Owen said, there was some porn for some people. Just great times that were had by all. Uh, you know, Big Van gets his second Super Bowl win. I think that was a lot of fun. So, yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Arizona Cardinals was my number five pick. Number four pick was the New England versus Seattle game. Uh, you know, the Marshawn, the feed the ball to Marshawn game. Why didn't you run it to Marshawn Lynch game? Uh, and, you know, that there's an understated fact about that. We talked about this earlier in the year, but uh, they'd run the ball on first and second down, and they expected Bill Belichick to call a timeout on third down to try to save the clock. So if they had to get, if the Seattle Seahawks did score, then they would get the ball back. Bill Belichick did not call a timeout, and Pete Carroll wasn't going to call a timeout, of course. So instead, Pete Carroll had to call a call a play on the fly instead of that minute or so for the play the call the play that he thought he was going to have. And of course, he had run it two times, and if you run it four times at in a row, then and don't get in, then you're then everybody criticizes you for not running for running it four times in a row. And if you run it three times in a row, then you kind of feel like you have to throw on fourth down and they know that you kind of feel like you have to throw on fourth down um so honestly i think throwing the ball on third down is not a terrible option um it just didn't work out uh but yes seattle versus new england uh it was in 2015 the number for that one was super bowl 49 i thought it was a great game very exciting to the end obviously with a goal line pick to save the game in the last few seconds uh a lot of fun and i think that's that's my number four Number three, uh, the helmet catch. I think, you know, like you said, that was a terrible Super Bowl. It was 17-14 at the end of the game. But it was taking down one of the one of the best teams of all time in a, in a very exciting manner. And, you know, it was Eli Manning, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady's kryptonite. It was, it's incredible. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And just because of the historical impact it could have, you know, it was very similar to watching the Cleveland – Cavaliers beat the 73 win Warriors that's a lot of fun that's a lot of fun in it you know even if that series but, but that series was also a lot of fun because it went to game seven but at the same time I think it's just I think that game was a lot of fun even if it was terrible because it was seeing the you know what would have been undisputed the best team of all time 19 and 0 would have been better than the than the uh what 70 mid 70s Dolphins whatever 70 73 74 Dolphins that went 14 and 0 and then uh, won the Super Bowl. I think it, you know they would have been better than that team, but still, that team gets to live in uh, immortality, and the New England Patriots' uh, 19-0 season does not. Um, number two, we mentioned this earlier. I think it's you know probably the best comeback of all time in a Super Bowl, and I'm sorry, it really can't be debated. I mean, it was he was down 28 to three. Tom Brady wills him back. They win 20. Uh, they win in overtime. I think 34-28 is final score, right? It's got to be, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, again, 25-point comeback, win in overtime, so much fun. A lot of fun. Uh, Underrated point from that game, Truman, that uh, that Falcons tackle going out in the late third quarter. Yeah. I think that legit changed well, the game. Well, and everybody, you know, uh, obviously Dan Quinn never really out outran the blowing big games thing. Uh, but right. Kyle Shanahan was the offense coordinator, and they kept throwing the ball. And I don't know if you remember a Super Bowl last year 
where the head coach was Kyle Shanahan, and they kept on throwing the ball and not doing anything on offense. But uh, very similar. And that Super Bowl will be my number one. Again, we didn't exclude it because, you know, fuck you. And uh, obviously we're both Chiefs fans, so this is going to be our top one as it was recent. Where neither of us are going to say the 1960s Super Bowl win by the Chiefs was number two or anything. But uh, this one was a lot of fun. And like you said, you know, down 10 with seven minutes left, you come back and you win by 11 in regulation. Insane. Just insane game. A lot of fun for Chiefs fans. Uh, probably not a lot of fan for fun for 49ers fans. But, you know, that's it. But fuck them. But, also, Truman, that means we had the same list, except just jumbled around. Yeah, right. That's what we, I was saying. I think we had the same games. It was just the way we ranked well, them. Well, it, it wasn't very hard to choose. I mean, were we going to choose the Seahawks blowing out the Broncos or the Broncos, you know, beating the crap out of whoever they played? Cam Newton, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the rest of the Super Bowls just weren't as... These were like yeah. probably the five competitive Super Bowls. I don't think the other ones were very competitive. The, I mean, other, I New York Giants, the, the other New York Giants one was kind of fun. You could have chosen uh, Eagles, Pats, I guess. You could have. But I just you could have picked any of those New England Patriots games where they won by three points against the Panthers and the Eagles and the Greatest Show on Turf in two thousand one. Yeah, but, I guess. But I mean, too young. I was too young to watch that. I mean, for me, the only other one that honorable mention was twenty eighteen with with Eagles, Pats. Yeah. But, but even that I, game wasn't I, close. It was just fun to watch Tom Brady lose. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I think those are the five, you know, most exciting ones. Yep. Yep. I like it. Uh, well, that'll do for the um, sports stuff. We'll wrap up with our pop culture minute here in a bit. Owen, oh, where can we find you at? You can find me uh, on Twitch and Twitter at Domination7. That's D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N-7. Nice. And, of course, I have been Truman Steen. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Steam Machine. We're doing the, the super week of content leading up to the big game on Sunday. Uh, Monday, we did a Grub Buds episode over uh, wings. We did weird wing flavors. Tuesday, of course, was the, this, the super episode of Dom That's True. Wednesday, we have another Grub Buds episode where we're covering our favorite party dips to get you ready for your Super Bowl parties. Uh, but you shouldn't be having two big Super Bowl parties. Um, Friday, we have a double a double whammy of, of, of a day. We have uh, the revival of Steam vs. Machine. We're going to cover a lot of prop bets and uh, I'll tell you how to bet on the how to bet how I'm betting on the game, uh, and we'll have Scott Steen, the head lead handicapper over there at Winners and Winers, to join us there. Uh, and, and in the Friday night cap, we'll be doing another episode of Grub Buds where we'll be drinking beers and our bet our favorite Sud beers to Buds watch the Super Bowl. Back. Sud Buds will make a return. Maybe we'll do more than four guests. I don't know. It could get sloppy on Friday night. Uh, Saturday is the debut of a new game show that we call the Flim Flam Man, and it will be a, a Chiefs edition to celebrate them going to the Super Bowl. Uh, you'll just have to tune in and watch that. It's, it's very fun. It's kind of like trivia based, kind of like Among Us in a way. But uh, it's it's going to be Amogus. a lot. A yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll we'll explain more later on the week. So make sure to follow on Twitter and things like that. And Sunday, come back. We're going to do, be doing the Dom That's True Super Bowl pregame. We might do it a little Woo! earlier than right up to the game because oh, there's yeah, a lot of fun should, Super Bowl be, pregame worry. stuff to watch for the Super Bowl. And then oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there, like, the other games we could go up to game time because there's not going to be anything fun. But the hour leading up to the Super Bowl is 
right. pretty much much watch television for both teams. They're going to play a lot of awesome promos. I mean, mm. last year they had The Rock, and I loved that. So right, it'll be it. We'll, we'll do the pregame. Oh, two, about two hours probably before the show. Do a half hour hour pregame or so. But we'll get you hooked up with all of the Don. That's true prop bets and things like that also. But. That'll do it, except for our Pop Culture Minute. Owen, what do you want to talk about this week? Yeah, sorry, I'm going to continue the sports content, but I'm actually going to talk about uh, K-State basketball. Oh, okay. But not for the reason that you think. Obviously, we lost to uh, KU today in Allen Fieldhouse, surprisingly what? enough. But here's the thing that I hate. K-State has great fans. They travel well and they're loyal. But guys, please shut the fuck up about this basketball team please shut the fuck up please. you know that you know that incredibles meme where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's like shut the fuck up please this. shut yeah. the fuck up that's mm-hmm. me reading k-state fans takes this team truman has one senior do you know I, if this senior is going to be if this senior is going to be playing in the nba next year because no. i can answer that question for you no he's not who which senior People is it? Like, is it is it mcgirl it's mike mcgirl oh, and man. do you know who the only McGurl. junior is do you know how many years of experience he has at k-state none Zero. His name is Rudy Williams, and he has zero years of experience. Yeah, so yeah. all the rest of the players on the team are juniors, I mean, sophomores and freshmen. Right. And only, like, three of them start and have more than a year of experience. Shut the fuck up. This is what happened when uh, K-State's big three from when, when I was at school at K-State, Dean Barry and Cam. This is what happened. Except Wesley Awundu carried the shit out of that team, and they had an, they had an all-Big 12 second team big in dj johnson to make it solid right and two of those two players ended up signing with nba teams after college and stuff and right like that. yeah the, the k-state well, team as of right now playing, yeah. has zero nba prospects obviously i think that some of these sophomores and freshmen might have a chance once they get better right i think that's but, what's frustrating for k-state fans is this supposed to be one of the best recruiting classes that bruce has had in a long time very I similar don't care. to the canberry like eight Wade. years old I know. They're I know, eight know, years know, old. Know, Shut up. Shut up. Stop complaining. Bruce won a title two years ago and you want him gone because he can't win with eight-year-olds? People wanted him Please. gone before the Against title. Against one of the and, most and... stacked Big 12s we've ever seen. Six six or seven teams ranked in the top 25. And this is the year you want K-State to compete with sophomores and freshmen? Shut the fuck up. Please. That's it. That's all I got. Shut uh, the fuck up. Stack Big 12, super young K-State team. Please shut the fuck up. Fair enough. Thank you. Fair enough. All right. That'll do for his Pop Culture Minute. My Pop Culture Minute uh, is a simple one. My birthday's coming up on Saturday this this week. Um, you know, here's the thing about adult birthdays is I think I think everybody when you're a kid tells you that birthdays get less special as you get older. And, of course, quarantine's uh, definitely making my birthday feel a lot less special. I think everybody's had that feeling with their birthdays during quarantine it's a it's a little less special for sure but um at the end of the day you know i think it it gets i just wanted to say that it just gets weird as you get older into the uh as you get older i think you have a lot more of uh just trying to like people ask you what you want for your birthday and stuff it's just so so dang hard so I'll, i'll tell you you know if if, if you get to that point in your life and, uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to go spend $200 or $300 on that, on their uh, 20, 24 to 20, I, I'm turning 24 this weekend. You know, if you're not going to spend hundreds of dollars on their birthday gift, just go get them some sports memorabilia. That's what I told everybody. They're like, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for the level? You know, I was like, dude, just like a Chiefs hoodies or shirts or 
Royals hoodies or shirts or K-State hoodies or shirts. You know, I'm just, I've got a lot of, like, that's the issue is once you become an adult with a real job is you just buy a lot of that stuff. So unless you're going to drop hundreds of dollars, just get me fun memorabilia and stuff. So I think that's, uh, that's it. It's just, you know, being an adult. Uh, I mean, true, but I'm not going to lie to you. When I was shopping for Christmas presents for my brother and I came across some good deals, I, just, I was like, yeah, I'm buying that for myself. <laughs> like shopping for somebody else, bought them a gift and was like, hey, this hat is awesome. I was like, all right, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think you end up buying a lot of stuff for yourself. And yeah, so uh, that's all I'll tell you. It, there's a 24-year-old male in your life who's, uh, you know, got a job and stuff like that. Just get him some sports stuff. It's... It's really that simple. Unless you're unless you're about to drop, you know, unless anybody's going to send me a PS5 or a or a Xbox Switch X or a Series X or a 3080, oh, I would do ungodly things for a 3080 <laughs> right now. And I I'd, I'd pay you for it. If you could just send it to me so I can pay you for a 3080, I would do some good some good stuff for you. But uh that's all I got. Um I appreciate everybody being here. Of course, this is the Super Week. Make sure to tune in for Saturday for the Flim Flam Man, uh, Friday for the Grub Buds with Beer, and Sunday for the Dom That's True Super Bowl pregame. But uh, I think at the end of the day, I think that's it. I really, uh, I really appreciate everybody sticking out to the NFL season through us. Uh, you know, go Chiefs on Sunday. And if you made it this far in the episode, of course, we appreciate you listening, especially on the Super episodes. Uh, We'll see you next week to celebrate the Chiefs Super Bowl. See you guys. See you guys.